enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic, down to that rare gem that's standing right behind you (laughs) at the back of your video store shelf. This week, we're closing up grab bag November. No, not November (laughs) with this one. No, this one's a little little nut to this this one. Uh, from 2008, it's The Strangers. Tim, have you ever, uh, you ever fucked with anyone? Like, kind of, just to scare them a little bit? Like, but, like, mean fucked with them? Um, that's a great question. Like, we've done some fun things before. Like, do you remember that time that I wore the, uh, the knee pads underneath my pants and we went to the grocery store? No. Yeah. There, well, wait, yeah. There were some knee pads in your basement. Yeah. And we I, we were in high school and I put them underneath my pants and then like like walking from the car into the the store, like I like throw my hands up and like fall and land hard on my knees <laughs> okay. and everybody's just looking. Yeah. Or I find like the uh, the wet floor sign and like just went down hard. <laughs> so yeah, some fun stuff like that. Um you know, one thing that is f- always fun. Now, this isn't, you know, it's just kind of an in-the-moment thing. But I had a, a friend who had told me a story where um, she was in a, uh, let's just say, a, a altered state of mind. Uh-huh. And um, some of the guys that were there were fucking with her. And they were her friends. Like, they, were, they, were, they weren't bad people. Yeah. But one of them just, like, looks at her from across the room, is staring at her. And, like, she kind of catches his eye. And he just mouths... I'm going to fucking kill you <laughs> like from across the room and then just like deadpan. And I'm like, oh, oh that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I like to throw that one out there every yeah. now and then. Um, but no, I, I'll tell you what. I have been thoroughly fucked with, though. And it was kind of actually that same group of people where uh, you've been introduced to the psychiatrist game, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was one where, you know, I was meeting this new group of people, didn't really know any of them very well. And there was a good chunk of them, like 10 people in an apartment. And they're like, well, let's play this game. Let's play, you know, uh, let's play psychiatrist. Like they were actually did a great job of just passing it off as normal. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, Tim, why don't you be the psychiatrist? And I'm like, oh, OK, I've, I've never played, though. And they're like, no, 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 you'll, you'll catch on real fast. And they said, all of us have the same problem. And you just need to go around in the circle in the same direction every time and ask us a question about what our problem is until you figure out what our affliction is. Yeah. And it got to the point where I think it was. Maybe 30 minutes. Oh, like, man. it was excruciating to the point where I'm like, no, these people are just fucking with me. Like, this is a weird, <laughs> like, cult. Like, I've heard about stuff like this before, like the Manson family. Like, because it was a mix of guys and girls. It yeah. wasn't just like a group of guys, like, being tough on it, like somebody to initiate them. It was guys and girls. And, uh, and I got, I was ready to get up and walk out. <laughs> and, one of them in like the sweetest like way, she just leans forward and she's like, you're so close. You're so close. Don't give up. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just do a lightning round and I'm just going to go fast and I'm going to figure this out. 
So I go around and then, of course, I realize that every single one of their answers is starting with the next letter in the alphabet. It's something super simple. But the beauty of it is, and this is what's funny about getting fucked with. Even though getting fucked with is so excruciating, once you overcome it, you cannot wait to fuck with somebody else (laughs) the exact same way. It's a lot of power. Right. That feels good. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but no, you know, I, I can't say that I've ever like directly. Well, I take that back. I mean, it depends on on how hardcore of a fucking you're talking about. Um, like, I mean, I've, hardcore I've done that. I've told the story before about where, you know, I met the Irish guys in a bar or this one guy in particular. And I was doing my Irish accent. And really fooling him. I mean, it was a full 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of let the cat out of the bag. And he thought it was hilarious and loved it and had me meet his friends. And it was great. But, um, you know, I think it's never been something that I've been super into because if there's one thing that I cannot stand, it's watching somebody else be humiliated. Like, I I can't. I know that sounds like obvious, like everybody should yeah. feel that way. But I, I have a really hard time watching somebody's feelings get hurt. So I'm not really one to do that. I mean, th- to the to the greatest extent, it's probably just being like at a party and saying, like, if there's somebody there that I know is really straight laced then I'll just tap into the extra weirdness of myself <laughs> yeah. and just let that out there and let them kind of twist in the wind and suffer. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's never like, I guess it's more whenever I do it, it's more about amplifying my strangeness as opposed to attacking them. Yeah. Is that You're not trying to be malicious? No, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, but then again, I mean, there's some value in like initiation type things, you know, there's it might seem antiquated, but, you know, it, it there's something about suffering that makes you feel closer to people, mainly because you feel so good when it's over. Right. So you feel that bond like, OK, we're no we were suffering. Now we're no longer suffering. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Like we're having so much fun now. <laughs> there were no consequences to that. That <laughs> right. was fun. Right. Um. But no, you know, as far as like uh, really, well, I mean, it, let me let me ask you this. Even if it wasn't you, what would be an example of you like like wh- what's something that you might have seen of somebody really fucking with somebody? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I know I personally have. I dated a girl who had like younger brothers and sisters. Mm hmm. So I used to fuck with them a lot, like when they would have sleepovers, like because they had like lived in a nice wooded property. So I would like get like a weed whacker and go out in the woods and you know be scared, sure. scare them and stuff like that. And I feel like there have been times where like I've known someone has been home, you know, maybe like you know tap on a window or something like that. Oh, but yeah. it's like once you do that. Unless you're ready to then be like, well, I, this will lead to me killing them. Like, there's not a lot you can do. Right. <laughs> yeah. See, okay. You just, you just tapped into something there. Like, as far as you're, you're talking about like terrorizing strangers in their home. Absolutely. I've done plenty of right, that. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That we used to, when we were little kids, because we, I think I brought this up on the show before. Uh, the old, ca- the first cable boxes, the digital cable boxes, were th- was this company called Tocom. Yes. And we used to call it toe-comming, where every remote worked with every box. So we would go to, like, sneak around at night in the neighborhood and go up to windows and change people's TVs while they were watching them. And watch them, like, just be, like, flabbergasted and start to panic. And, like, that's fun. 
Yeah, I remember I was in a text thread one time where we were talking about those old cable boxes, and we were talking about like toggling back and forth, how you could do the rapid toggling. Yes. And uh, I said something to the effect of like, um, like you're toggling my channel so rapidly, I'm about to come. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great joke. Um, but anyhow, yes, no, terrorizing strangers. Um, we got inventive with it, like. We did a lot of the normal stuff. We threw snowballs at cars. We um, we let fireworks off in, in you know people's you know the their in front of their front door stuff like that. Then we would get inventive. Like this one actually probably was very creepy for the people inside. We had like two guys on on all four sides of a house, and then just kind of like like loud like stage whisper to each other like. One, two, three, and then use both of our fists and just started pounding oh, on all four of their walls, like just this rumbling. Can you imagine just sitting oh, in your that'd house? Be, so that that'd be so scary. <laughs> it's kind of awesome though. <laughs> like nobody ever, nobody would like. There's no name for that, but it was right. cool. Um, yeah, and then you know, I mean, there was some stuff that looking back, I, I regret. Like, it's one thing to like throw, I don't know, like a a piece of fruit in the road or whatever, but. I remember on State Road 2, which is one of those very dangerous two-lane kind of high-speed highways in our town, we, like, drug out what something just short of, like, a log oh and put God. it in the middle of the road. And literally, like, you, 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 somebody's listening to this, and they think that I'm a horrible person. But when you're, when you're like, a 12-year-old boy, you're just so completely skewed on everything on the planet. Like, right. literally, your thoughts are, are absolute chaos. Yeah. And just like, so, just don't hit the log. Like, right. Yeah. Or if they do run over the log. Inconvenience. Right. But we never. But then that turns into kids throwing rocks off of like highway overpasses. Yes. Yeah. We never did the cinder block <laughs> right. off, the, uh, off the overpass. But um, yeah. And I've told the story before about the, you know, throwing the smoke bomb into the kitchen of a restaurant and throwing the smoke bomb into the drop off box at the uh, video store. <laughs> Um, the, the crank calls that we did were, were legendary because they weren't like overly obscene. They were just, we wanted to get the people talking as long as possible. So there were some of those where like we would call and someone would say it was the wrong number. And then we'd like pretend to be like a Vietnam vet to where like everything in his life has gone horribly. And this was like the final straw. And like, he's just like ready to give up on life. Horrible, horrible shit. But, um, this is getting a lot darker than I thought it was going to. (laughs) Right. right. Um, yeah. And one time we found, (laughs) we found a, um, this was actually with a mutual friend of ours. Uh, somebody had their outgoing message on their, um, their answering machine. And we, you could, it was very clear that it was an elderly voice. And so we just launched into being like a sex toy company oh, and just saying that, you know, your footlong double dong uh, is in stock. now. Yeah. Wait, did we do this on our radio show in college? I feel like we did that. We might have. <laughs> but I mean, we left it. It was like a 10 minute message. And we were envisioning like driving past whoever's house it was. <laughs> and like like the lady like just passed out on the floor and the old man like, I'm not going to let you go. Just listening to us <laughs> ramble about veiny dongs and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, I had a little. We Yes, I I guess now that I think about it, yes, I I do kind of like to fuck with people, but it's always in ways that I feel are relatively harmless. Yeah. No, like, physical things. Let's put it that way. Like, never, like, I mean, who hasn't crouched behind a guy and then his friend pushes you over? Little shit like that. That's just part of growing up. But, um, yeah, 
it's uh I think we got inventive though. Like one friend I remember he took a shit in the middle of a, an intersection. And then we found a pair of sunglasses and like just kind of formed it around the pile of shit, <laughs> like oh, into it. Wow. So that just so that when someone comes along and they're like, what is that? And then they realize that it's a pile of shit wearing sunglasses. Right. Like you just want to be there for those moments. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> life has a lot of possibilities. If you just push outside of that matrix, you know, yeah. just, just have a little fun with it. Yeah. It's been a while since I've fucked with someone. Maybe it's time. Yeah. When yeah, Maybe I mean when we're done with this. Well, and here's the thing too. Now, this is something that I guess we could talk about just kind of leading into this movie real quick. Um, the idea of nobody goes door to door anymore. When was the last time somebody knocked on your door that wasn't a friend of yours coming over? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I live downtown, so really? I mean it hasn't been a lot it, it doesn't happen super frequently, but I mean uh, you know, a couple times a month. Really? Yeah. Who is it? They're usually religious people. Okay. I was going to say that's But they, know, they also know I'll talk to them. So maybe they just come to my house. I had one stop at my house and uh, it was, a, a, all things considered, a very nice older woman, not elderly, but older woman. And I just kind of fought her on it. Like I wasn't mean, yeah. but I just said that, you know, my beliefs were more in line with a. Uh, you know, like a, a native spiritualism and that, that I've studied the Bible and that I've gone away from it. And it's just, and I, I was very calm and collected, <laughs> Yeah, literally just tears welling in her eyes and like rolling down her cheeks. Like this is somebody who feels like I'm going to burn in hell because of what I'm saying. And I'm right. like, I'm like, you don't have a grip on yourself emotionally if this is happening. And I've been talking to you for five minutes. Yeah, and I'm right. a stranger. You don't know me. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Well, oh, God bless those people. Today. You sound better. I, I feel Your bronchitis great. is over? I think so. I think, I mean, it'll come back in a couple of weeks, but I feel yeah. good for right now. Yeah, you capture me like I'm right in the pocket. Oh, good. Yeah, we tied one on last night. It's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Tim. Uh, yeah, my mother today it's wished me uh, a happy Indigenous Morning Day, which is oh, is nice. tough to figure out, you know, how to calibrate that celebration. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, celebrating morning. But um you know, yeah, but it's a, it is a day. It is a day that I saw a people... good clip from, uh, did you ever watch, uh, King of the Hill? Yeah. <laughs> Dale's like, asks John Redcorn. Yeah. He's like, do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving? And he's like, we did once. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect that's line. So good, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> oh, all right. That's it. Let's get you wanna, yeah. Let's, let's talk about this movie. I'm actually really excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's The Strangers from 2008. It was written and directed by Brian Bertino. It stars Liv Tyler, Scott Speedman, and Glenn Howerton. Had a budget of $9 million. Box office, eh, like 82 Huge. Big hit. Big hit. But also one, you know, I don't, people don't talk about it that much. It's weird. No. But that Strange. happens sometimes. Uh, let's do Nan Sum, and then we can get into some spoilers. This one is a weird one to summarize, because not a lot happens. No. Uh, so exhausted from a friend's wedding and dejected from a failed proposal, James and Kristen return to James's summer home, family home to get some rest before going their separate ways. But little do they know that they won't be getting much sleep that night, as they are stalked and toyed with by two women and one man wearing masks. No phone, no car, and no way out. 
The two must try and survive the night before they themselves become victims of the strangers. That's about all that happens in this movie. Toyed with by two women and one man and not the fun way. No, um, no. Yeah. Uh, how did I miss this one? Well, it's because it was made after 1984. So that's <laughs> I don't see a lot of new newer horror. That's on me. Um, but I'm glad that I saw it. You, you, funny thing you said that uh, that uh, this doesn't get talked about a lot. And yet. Just in bringing it up, actually, without even having bring, uh, brought it up. Uh, some people that we know have mentioned it as like a film that they really love. That's true. And so I'm like, well, God, what am I? But see, that's the problem that the strangers is a fine title. I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, has there never been a movie called the strangers before? <laughs> right. It's kind of, it's like when the killers came out, I'm like, how has there never been a, the killers before? Well, there was there, the, uh, Kubrick did one called the killers. Well, no, the, a band called the killers. Oh, 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 okay. yeah. I mean, like they came out in the two thousands. Like, how could how did nobody like think of the killers? Right. Um, but anyhow, uh, actually, somebody did. It was a fictitious band in a New Order video. But that's beside that, the point. Yeah, that doesn't count. No. Um, so yeah, I I I guess it doesn't have like a, a real what do I want to say like uh, expository title. Am I if I'm using that right? Like, it's not really telling me a whole lot about what's what I can expect. Right. So I'm 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 thinking to myself that it's probably one of those like watered down '90s horror movies where not a lot happens and it's slick and kind of boring. Yeah. So I guess that's why I skipped it. But it is not that. No, I, it's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, except for the not a lot of stuff happens. I would say not a lot happens. Which is fine. Sure. Because this movie builds atmosphere very well. I mean, like, no one is fucked with for 25 minutes, a half hour, maybe. And, well, you sure, yeah, it's actually the, I have uh, written here in my notes. I actually, you know what's funny? I went back and I listened to some old episodes. <laughs> and I, I really kind of, like, I didn't get too down on myself. But I'm like, you know, I used to research a lot more. <laughs> I like when we just fuck around. That's my favorite. But um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a little effort into this one. It is literally damn near, I think it's 43 minutes which it's, you know, there's going to be 43 minutes that you've watched the movie, 45 minutes left. So almost smack dab in the middle is when the shit hits a fan. Okay. Literally takes 40. There's some things that happened before that. Yeah. I, but as far as like to the door. Yes. Once, but that's not even fucking with. Not really. No. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the background, because I like I said, I, I did do a little bit of research on this. I'm I'm. As the more that we do these shows, the more fascinated I get by any movie ever being made ever. Like <laughs> all the moving parts, all the things that go into it. So I'm like, who's this Brian Bertino guy? He's from Texas. He studied uh, cinematography, which that will come in handy later um, at uh, the University of uh, Texas at Austin. And then he moved to L.A. So when he moves to L.A., he works as a gaffer. And I probably have been in conversations where I've pretended to know what a gaffer yeah. is. I have. Of course I know what a best boy does. Right. They're, they're closely related. I can yeah. tell you that much, but the gaffer is actually a pretty important position. They are sort of the lead electrician and they, if they oftentimes design the lighting for the film and if they don't design it, they at very least are responsible for its execution. So, Really fucking important. So you've got a guy here that has studied cinematography and he's worked as like a lead lighting technician yeah. or designer. So 
two pretty good things on your way to being a director, even if you've never done it before. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, and then, so he, in the, in the spare time, he's writing these screenplays. Well, he wrote The Strangers for um, a contest. It was for the Nickel Fellowship, which is a contest with the AMPA to find new screenwriting talent. And uh, he made it to the quarterfinals. He didn't win. It was for this script. Um, but he was able to get a meeting with Vertigo Entertainment. Now, this is kind of interesting in a sort of nerdy way. I find this shit fascinating. The, Vertigo Entertainment was started by a guy named Roy Lee, who's a first-generation Korean guy. His dad was a doctor, and his mom was something else. Um, but I at least know that much. So he goes to law school. And then after he graduates from law school, he goes out to California, and he works as a tracker. I didn't know what a tracker was until today. A tracker is somebody who basically is reading spec scripts but they're also kind of keeping their their ear to the ground about like, okay, are they making a deal for this over there? I've heard they're dealing with this over here. They're kind of like these, I don't want to say spies, yeah. but they're all of the communication of what's happening in the very earliest stages okay. of script development. And they're kind of like um, – just little pass and pass like uh, they pass inf information. They're just messengers of like what's happening in the very early stages. So he decides that he's going to take the industry of tracking and bring it online. And so he creates the first online tracker forum. Wow. So it now becomes so much easier for people to say, like, here's this script, here's that script. And they're reading them a lot faster. They're getting to a lot more people. He then develops 25 more of these tracking programs Jeez. for different groups. And he's always a member in every one. So he's seeing all oh, the scripts that are happening. Smart. So this, this guy has just like sort of manufactured a place for himself to where he knows all the hot scripts in town. Right. So he's, uh, he's doing that. Now he leaves the, the tracking business to start vertigo entertainment, which is the company that, you know, started things going with the strangers. Now here's where it gets kind of interesting too. Roy Lee, first generation Korean starts vertigo entertainment and he finds a niche for himself by reaching out and appealing to Asian filmmakers um, from the international market. Yeah. And so he's going to them and he's like, look, your movie is never, ever, ever going to work in America because in America, Americans hate subtitles, which we know that's <laughs> a lie for us. Right? So he's like, your movie, you could... We, we could take your movie and we could, we could air it over here. We could, we could screen it, but it's just going to fail because nobody wants to read the, um, the subtitles. But what I can do is I can have you sell me the remake rights. Okay. And if we remake it over here, you'll still get a piece of it, but we'll remake it in English and then it'll do way better. That's where you get uh, things like the ring, the grudge, the fucking departed oh. came from, uh, I think was Hong Kong. Wow. Um, the uninvited, like, uh, so all of these films, he's kind of like, there's nothing underhanded about it, but he's basically like using his connection uh -huh. culturally to these people to basically like gain ownership of the concept of their movies only to be made by his company in America. Interesting. It's pretty smart. That is very so, smart. Um, so he gets the ball rolling, but he sells the script to Universal Pictures. Um, Universal Pictures, it, it goes in production hell for two years, 
Mark Romanek, uh, who directed basically any video that wasn't directed in the 90s by that guy that did all the blurry stuff. Yeah. Was Mark Romanek. Okay. So, um, and he did, uh, I was telling you earlier, he did the the Hurt video for Johnny Cash. And um, I hadn't watched that. I love that video. I've seen it a million times. I haven't watched it for probably 10 years. Yeah. And I was alone and I put that on and I was just absolutely like... Just tears flowing. I don't know if I've seen. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Have you, you not saying seen you're going to cry? But yeah, I don't know if I've actually seen the video. I've seen the Nine Inch Nails one. Okay, we're going to watch the video afterward, All and right. it is l- largely regarded as if not the best video of all time, certainly the most personal and emotional video of all time. Oh, all it right. is fucking awesome. You love it. Um, Eat shit. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> with your perfect cheekbones yeah um yes i i actually love aha i yeah. had a, I had a 45. is there a part where johnny cash gets pulled into like a sketch drawing <laughs> yeah, right well i'm sure that he was like strung out enough from enough drugs to think that he was being pulled <laughs> right, into an alternate yeah. dimension at some point um but anyhow that that film is in production hell for two years and it gets passed to rogue pictures which is a subsidiary of Universal. So they're like, Universal's like, I don't know. We, we don't know, quite know what to do with this. Let's let our little fledgling company handle it. And so Rogue Pictures gets it and they're like, okay, who's going to direct? Because Mark Romanek is out. He wanted $40 million to do it. Jesus. And they're like, well, we can't give you $40 Is that a million. real number? Yeah. Wow. I need a $40 million budget. Yeah. He might have overvalued his A worth. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, no. Um, so anyhow, Rogue Pictures gets it and they like it. And so they're like, well, let's just talk to the dude that wrote this. And so they bring in year. This is he's completely forgotten about this. Right. They bring him in and they get to talking and they're like, you know, tell us about yourself. And he's like, well, I studied cinematography and then I worked as a a lead lighting designer. And then I wrote this script and they're like, so you basically know how to make a movie then. (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And they're like, have you ever directed? And he said, no. And they're like, but you kind of know how to do everything though. And he's like, I suppose I do. So they, they're like, you're the best person to direct this. Like you're really passionate about this. It has a connection to your childhood because he was inspired by these break-ins that were happening in his neighborhood. Uh And uh, he was also really inspired by the Manson murders, which is probably aside from the movie itself, the biggest topic that we'll be discussing this evening, because this movie is very, very, not necessarily entirely unique, but very, very special in the way that it goes about killing and murder. Um, and and I'd love to get your opinion on that. Uh, so that's basically the uh, the background. I mean, it had that that nine. You're right, you did used to research like I that. Did, yeah, that like, was good. Those yeah, it was filmed in South Carolina. The house was built by the crew, but um, the the director really wanted the interiors to sort of be reminiscent of the houses that he grew up in uh-huh. in uh, in Texas. So they kind of like you know all of the appliances and stuff. It's got a real like warm '70s quality to it, and uh, it was shot in chronolo- chronological order. You might notice that Liv Tyler in a movie that's already pretty like thin on dialogue has a good long stretch where she doesn't say much. Yeah. Laryngitis. Really? From screaming. Yeah. Wow. And uh, said it was absolutely the toughest, uh, a physical and emotional movie that she's ever worked on. So, but then again, let's just talk about her for a second before we get into those big things. Um, How many movies has Liv Tyler done? (laughs) Like, I mean, a handful. 
Okay, but like she's she's a pretty big star. I know yeah. that's sort of helped by the fact that her dad is is a uh, a very famous uh, singer. What? <laughs> Can you believe that? Oh my god! Well, actually, two famous singers because she grew up until she was eleven. She thought that her dad was Todd Rundgren. Oh, oh, I have heard that. And then her mom, and then she goes to visit. You're like, your last name's Tyler. Well, she goes to visit, like, <laughs> well, she was Liv Rundgren. And then Uh-oh. she, yeah, went to visit Steven Tyler, just like a play date with his daughter. And she's like, wow, you look like me. <laughs> and then she asked her mom, just literally of her own volition, like, I look a lot like this girl. And uh, lived our uh, Steven Tyler's other daughter. And she's like, well, it's probably time I told you that's your dad. Wow. Yeah. Kind of weird. But um, wow, yeah, I kind of remember all this. Yeah, it's very strange. Two cool guys. I mean, but yeah, Steven Tyler was not in a place to be a parent to anyone at that point. <laughs> so that's how that happened. But um, so, yeah. All right. So she does the, the Aerosmith videos. Yeah. That's how we all know her. Right. I yeah. Mean, our first. And then after uh, that, what? Empire Records. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then uh, she did this little independent movie called Lord of uh, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> oh, I think okay, is yeah. how that's pronounced. Uh, um, yeah, that's right. I mean, did she need to do anything else? I know she was well, in other movies, saying, but like, yeah. She's a movie star, but like, I can't list off like 20 movies that Liv Tyler has done. She was in a movie with uh, a guy, I can't think of his name, the guy who does the eye twitch that's been mm-hmm. in like so many movies. She did a movie with him where it was just kind of like a fat guy pining after a hot girl, but sad movie. Like, oh, man, man not it wasn't called Fatso because that's a Dom DeLuise <laughs> yeah, movie. I remember that, but uh, it's cover. something like that. Okay. Uh, but it was a lot sad. It was a very, it was just an independent. She did a lot of independent film. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That was kind of her gig. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little career that she's carved out for herself. I loved uh, seeing her in this film because I, she has a, a, a face that's impossible not to like. Not to say that she's the most stunning beauty you've ever seen in your life. Right. But she's just looks very. And that would be my wife. Yes, exactly. And but Liv Tyler just looks nice. She just looks like a nice person. And um, yeah, she she's friendly. She has a really sweet voice. And um, so, yeah, she's extremely likable. And it, she was exactly oh, the Armageddon. Oh, fuck. Armageddon. Yeah, I look yes. OK. Yeah. Well, yeah. She was in she's in the MCU. She was in the Incredible Hulk. Oh, shit. Yeah. She has. Done uh, some movies. But yeah, Lord of the Rings is the biggest uh, set. I mean. Yeah, but she had a lot of like little bits. But yeah, you, I mean, I see what you're saying because there's nothing where it's like, oh my God, Liv Tyler took over. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, no so, one's like, I'm going to the new Liv Tyler movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to camp out f- like the night before for Liv Tyler. Yeah. See, like a lot of these movies, I'm like, she was in this movie. Like, can't hardly wait. I don't remember her. In oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I remember Jenna Elfman's in that, but I don't remember Liv Tyler is in that. Uh, don't look up, which just came out last year. She was in that movie. I didn't see that. Really? Uh, is Leonardo that the DiCaprio's uh, in it? Is, yeah, is that the uh, climate one? Yeah. Uh, no, it's about a comet too. <laughs> oh, okay. But I can uh, see your attitude already about it. You may want to avoid it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't do a lot of other stuff, but. Well, she had great. some big ones. And Scott Speedman is in it, who I don't know from anything other than, I believe, Underworld. 
He is the half yeah, vampire, uh, half werewolf. He was in Felicity. Oh, I didn't watch that. Me neither. I Felicity but to me was like a rival. Gorgeous gang. wife did. It was a rival gang for me being into like the other shows that I was into. Yeah. Like, you know, and it just seemed like, yeah, I don't watch Felicity. I watch, you know, whatever it was at the time. Because yeah. Felicity would have been what years? Um, Like mid 90s. Okay, so late yeah, 90s, I'm nine oh I'm nine oh two one oh that that whole time. Yeah. And then late nineties I'm Buffy. Yeah. Um so Maybe that was it. Yeah. But um I I like the guy. I mean, I don't I don't know if he's knocking anybody's socks off, but he's believable. He is he's attractive. And uh I think he's just which probably perfect because I think that if you had had if you've already got Liv Tyler, if you had had somebody else like I don't know, uh, Luke Wilson or somebody like in that. It, it would just be too unbelievable. Yeah. Not that people don't know who Scott Speedman is, but I mean, if you wouldn't want another big star right. in there because of the nature of the movie being a very realistic tone. Yeah. It, it, yeah. At least in a realistic atmosphere. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So let's talk about it that. It is a frightening atmosphere and one that I've thought about a lot and I, because I think going into this movie, it was one where I was like, I'm not that over the moon about this movie. Because there are a lot of things have to line up perfectly or, you know, a lot of like fucking with people where they don't even know they're being fucked with. Mm -hmm. Kind of that. But this movie does it a lot better. And I, I think I was putting, a, and I can't remember the name of this movie. It was on, it was like a Netflix it was one of those where it like came out on Netflix and everyone was like, oh, my God, this is like the <laughs> biggest thing that's ever happened on Netflix. I don't think it was called Hush. Maybe it was called Hush, but it's like a deaf woman. And then it's like a home intruder. Yes. Yeah. And I it's do the guy who that. was in the, the Belco experiment. Yes. It's like the killer in that one. That one is full of just like ridiculousness. And so I think I just started going like. You know, I'm starting to see a pattern with some of these movies. So I'm just going to apply my hatred to this one to all movies like this. So watching this one again, I did like it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Not that it doesn't suffer from those things, especially more towards the end. But the build up to it is great. And it is one of my because there's a part of me. I love living like downtown where I can like walk to things. I love that. But I also hate people and neighbors. So there's a part of me that would love to live secluded in like the middle of nowhere. But then there's another part of me that's like, you wouldn't like, I would love to never have to buy a gun. I'm like living in that. I would probably have to buy a gun. Yes. For situations. If something like that, like on the off chance, like, I can't yell at my neighbor or something. You know, I'm like, you're alone. That's it. That's where you are that person that lives out in the country, but you have like 20 to 30 mannequins positioned in your front yard. <laughs> yeah, no one's coming. They're no, not gonna fucking no, do yeah. no, no. Yeah. Um, like, there's people around, quote unquote, people, <laughs> but nothing that you have to right. worry about. You don't have to talk there's to There's also like a, like a camp, like someone told a scary story. Which, in retrospect, is dumb. It makes no sense. But it's just about, like, a babysitter or whatever. She hears, like, this, like, organ music. And there's, like, a clown, like, pacing. And, like, the music keeps getting closer. And then every time she looks out the window, the clown is closer. And then, like, the next morning, they find her dead. Like, it's the dumbest. It's a little scary. It, it, yeah. Well, I'm a little scared. But that, 
yeah, that image of just being like, you're safe at your house. Why? Why is this? It's really the why right. for me. And, okay. I, I, and they cover it in this movie, too. Of just like, why Why are you doing this? Like, I didn't do anything. Sure. Not like I cut you, know, I cut you off in traffic. I, you know, I, I understand road rage way more than just like, I'm just going to randomly pick this person and fuck with them and maybe kill them. Okay. So now that's that's fair. Um, I I I kind of coughing so much. I kind of knew that that you were going to to feel that way because we've talked about this movie a little bit before yeah. before my, my having seen it. And I'm not going to argue with you on that, but I will say that the idea of toying with someone is, and I don't want to get like heady about this, but it literally goes. It's it's almost instinctual. It, it it actually occurs in the animal kingdom left and fucking right. I watch a lot of animal killing videos uh-huh. and are like animal, not animals killing other animals, not people killing animals, <laughs> right. but um, just stuff in the wild. And lions especially are infamous for it. Like they'll get their little deer or whatever, and they'll just kind of bat it around and they'll like kind of play nice with it and like bring it in and push it away and knock it around and then just tear into it. Oh. But they, they do that. Like they're, it's not just like, Oh, this one time a lion did that. Like they are known to play with their prey. Yeah. Same way that uh, killer whales just launch those seals like 40 feet in the oh, air, just yeah. batting them around. So it's not as far removed from our reality as, as one might think. And then let's go like to the internet. I was thinking about, you know, you've got people hacking people's accounts, strangers accounts, you've got trolling, you've got swatting, you've got people that are just preying on other people because it's easier to destroy something than it is to build. It's easier to hate something than it is to like something. So people that are dissatisfied with their own lives and don't have a willingness to try, try to make something of themselves within the construct of society feel like they just have this freedom to randomly destroy and punish the people that are working within those constructs. Sure. And, you know, there, and then there's obviously some very bad examples of that. Like, you know, um, I've mentioned like the toolbox killers and stuff like that. Like people who honestly didn't just pick somebody up and start jabbing them with a knife, but literally like took pleasure in, in tormenting them. Yeah. So it's a sad reality, but that kind of brings me to this big topic here of what separates this movie is that, and this is fascinating for all of these horror movies that we watch for the, the, millions of deaths in thousands or tens of thousands of movies. So often death is treated either in a sort of humorous way or in overly creative way. Rarely is death treated as what is the reality of murder. And the reality of murder is something that is far more bleak, Uh far more sad, far more um, pathetic in the true definition of the word. Yeah. Um, That's funny you said bleak, because that is what came to mind at the end of this movie. I was like, this is fucking bleak. It it, it is. And the thing is, like, um, I mean, I'm going to hope that that anti-estrogen pill that I took earlier kicks in (laughs) so I can get through this. But when when you look at the biggest inspiration for this movie, it was the Manson murders. Okay. Um, That's what the, the, uh, the author was most inspired by. And... I did. I knew a lot of us know about the Manson murders. You don't even have to be like a true crime person. We just grew up with it. But um, 
to know that, you know, the details of what happened in that house, to know that Sharon Tate, who was beautiful, who was really fucking talented and who was just on her way up, her, her trajectory was fantastic, really a sweetheart, very, very nice, very shy girl. Um, and, but, you know, was on a track to be a, a movie star. Yeah. I mean, it was going to be absolutely dead famous. And so f- what happens to her in her final moments, by the way, fully developed eight and a half month old baby boy in her uterus when this happened, um, she was pleading with them. She was begging. She was saying, take me as a hostage just long enough till my baby is born and yeah. then you can kill me, you know, like. Um, her last words were calling out for her mother, um, you know, and, and just obviously, which makes no sense in reality, but, but, you know, you're just in that moment of such fear and panic that you're resorting to your, your most basic, uh, needs and wants and, and calling out for her mom as she's getting stabbed. What I think was over 20 or 30 times. Yeah. And so the reality of murder is something, um, sadder a more blunt there's no background music there's no killer does a a cute head tilt like a dog it's it's very sad and it's very lonely yeah and so this filmmaker is saying to himself okay it's shocking that that more horror movies don't deal with the the reality of murder kind of like i brought up on the show before to this day the most haunting death I've ever seen on screen ever was the um, Jewish soldier in uh, saving private Ryan uh-huh. where he's wrestling with that German soldier. Oh, yeah. And you know, they're wrestling back and forth and the Jewish guy is kind of winning. And then the German guy is kind of winning and it's a back and forth tussle. The Jewish soldier ends up on his back and then the knife is coming down. And there's that realization that he just doesn't have the force to fight him anymore. And he just goes, wait, 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 wait. As the yeah. knife is going into him. That is more of the sad atmosphere of murder. Yeah. And 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 thank God they don't do it more often because honestly <laughs> right. it would be it would be just like the saddest fucking genre in the world. I don't think people no one wants to like no one wants to see that. That's why you don't see it very often. So, if I'm going to see a murder, yes, please have it be someone in a sleeping bag <laughs> slammed against a tree. That's fun. Right, exactly. So that brings me to my point and I didn't I promise I didn't say this all as like some sort of setup for an argument, but I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that the writer probably knew that he probably knew that, you know, in the same way, like we've talked before, it's one of it's acting 101. Like, you know, if I go out and I yell my lines this, I want my dinner on the table now and I come home for like if I do that for 20 minutes, the audience is checked out if they haven't right. walked out. Um, so you can't be that bleak all the time. I think that the more that you maybe stylize some of the action and the tension that leads to that bleakness, uh-huh. the bleaker you can go with it. Yeah. Um, but you need some of that thing, those things that might be a little bit outside of what would actually happen just to kind of give a little bit more of a fun classic horror scare tension yeah so that you can do that bleak stuff because if it's just bleak all the way through it'd be really tough to sit through yeah but i get what you're saying um the, the i think what you're what you're talking about if i'm getting it right is like 
the choreography that these three killers oh have God. is like the most simpatico like <laughs> telepathy ever. Yes. Now, so, okay. And That's you're a right. great way to put it. <laughs> and, and you're right about that. You're dead right. The, the only thing that I could say is that if you have multiple people and if they have some planning ahead of time, naturally there's going to be people like, you know, you stand outside. And that actually happened in the Tate murders. You know, like there was a girl out in the car. There were there was, you know, a girl in the bushes. There yeah. was somebody in the house. That's actually how because a couple of people in the Tate house um, escaped, but then got caught by like the circuits of people that they had waiting for them. So you, you can plan a little bit, right. But, um, and they did write on the walls, you know, like in the tape murder. So like, I I was feeling you in that moment where they open up the shade and it says killer on the window. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) And I I, I was with you and I'm like, maybe that's an homage to them writing pig and, in uh, Sharon Tate's blood on the wall. Um, but even still, that was more like postmortem. Exactly. Like, right. that's just like, I'm going to vandalize now. Right. Because I'm a little crazy. Not like, not like Sharon Tate had mentioned getting a pork sandwich and then walked in and opened the curtains <laughs> right. and it says pig. You know? yeah, okay. <laughs> Perfect. And you're, yes, the timing of it is conspicuous, you know. Like, there's so many parts in this movie where I'm, I'm like, I want a movie. And it would have to be a comedy. But and maybe there is one like this, but it's where it's the perspective of the people fucking with the people. Okay, so it'll be like, okay, here's what. Okay, here's what I'm gonna okay. do. I'm gonna like come in the kitchen. I'm gonna like walk around and like sit at the table, and then I'm gonna get up, and then probably she'll approach the closet door that we definitely know she's hiding in. Then you like jump in front of it. And that'll freak her out. You know, that's actually really cool. Like the idea of switching it to that concept of of going with God, we just covered. Oh, it was Silent Night, Deadly Night that I was listening to where they were like, instead of focusing on the victims, yeah. we're going to focus on the evolution of the killer. Yeah. Now, granted, that's different because it's just one dude. But um, but I like what you're saying. Um, the only thing that comes vaguely close to that. Which it doesn't, but would be like um, the Firefly trio with uh, Rob Zombie. So where we're like, they're talking about, we just see a lot of downtime of killers and then they go kill. Yeah. It's not quite what you're saying, which I like what you're saying. That would be really cool. That would be a neat movie. Because like I could get, I'm okay with when you are first fucking with someone like you just go up at least, you know. Because uh, their their first visit is just a girl asking like is tomorrow home, yeah. and then she's like I'll see you later, which is ominous and good foreshadowing. And and that's fine. Like if you want to get in someone's head, like get them to know someone is around, even if that person's not a threat yet. Just them knowing there might be other people around. Then when other things start happening, they're like, you can't pass. Like oh, banging in that room. Maybe that's a loose window or something. Yeah. Already you're like, fuck, there was already someone here. It's 4 a.m. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I get it where you could be like, okay, here's what we do. You know, you're going to do that. I will like get rid of their phones while they're distracted or whatever. Like that's fine. Even those things kind of happened a little too conveniently. But yeah, then once it's like once your people know that you're there and they're reacting and trying to do things like like half the time i 
I didn't know. Do the killers? Is everything they're doing absolutely planned? Because, yeah, there's a part where the, the baghead guy, who's not called baghead, just man in the mask. Yeah, We've got baby doll pinup and man in the mask. Yeah. I was telling you last night that I, I had heard the first name of some somebody in, in real life named Dillbag, uh, which I thought was great. But and no, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Dillbag. Um, anyhow, tough to talk to the guy with a straight face. But yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy's name is Dillbag. Anyhow. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Cool mask, not quite as cool as the mask from David Cronenberg in uh, no, Nightbreed. No, but but kind of a but creep. They're creepy masks. Yes, but there's a part towards the end where yeah, he like comes in the house and Liv Tyler standing there, and he turns a corner and goes in another room. That's when she hides in the closet. So it's like, does she know that she's? Does he know that she's there? Is he just conveniently not looking at her? That seems like a lot to then just be like, I'm just gonna make myself vulnerable to this person backs into a corner like people act crazy when they do that yeah um well let me say this real quick that you mentioned like you know they ask for like tomorrow the one thing that just popped into my head was somebody please do an edit like right after she <laughs> says like is tomorrow here cut to carl weathers and rocky three with uh there is no tomorrow <laughs> there is no tomorrow um <laughs> which would be perfect that is good. but anyhow the the thing that I would say in response to you is I love that idea. The only and it's not a problem. It just has to be a it just has to be a totally different movie. I think if you're doing that, you have to almost stick with that because the reason why somebody wouldn't do it in this movie is that it kind of pulls the curtain back. Right. You lose what this movie does an awesome job of. And that's why it would have to be a comedy. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, yeah. No. And then it would work. It would actually it's goofy if you think about it. Right. If it's like you, you go to the front door. Right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to sneak in the back and write hello on the windows. You know, what would be great is if we do a, a horror comedy about that, but they're like totally just awful at what they do and com completely fuck up all of their plans. But yet somehow the plan does work. Yeah. Like somebody goes kind of uh, Dale and uh, what's uh, versus evil. Oh, I haven't Dale seen that Tucker one versus evil. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Oh, that's good. That's like that concept. Do you know what that movie's about? No, it's like, it, it is a twist on that where it's like a group of college kids are like lost in the woods and they come across this scary shack mm -hmm. and they're like, these guys are killers, but they're just like, very nice hillbilly guys. Yeah. But every time the teens try and like get out in front or attack them or stop these guys, they know are killers. They end up like tripping into a wood chipper or something like they end up killing well, themselves. Shit. Yeah. And there then goes the, my idea. And then everyone else is like, oh my God, they are killers. And the guy, two guys are just like, what the fuck's happening? Like, why is everyone dying here? You know? Well, thankfully somebody else thought yeah. of that, that I've got to see that. That's, that's great. It but is, yeah, yeah, it's really good. But no, I, I like that idea, but I, I will tell you this, the, with focusing on just the terror of our two leads, um, they do such a good job of, of just pulling out every trick, but not in an obvious way. It starts with sound and it never underestimate the sheer terror of sound. Yes. You've got the banging on the door. You've got the like eerie, like record music. You've got the smoke alarm. Everybody panics when a smoke alarm right. goes off. You've got all of these different sounds. You've got this metal 
creaking when like a back door they've yeah. got this like metal on metal sound so lots of great use of not necessarily music but sound for for scares so there's that there are also like i mean shit they, they've already pulled out a bunch of other things before we finally get darkness like that's one of the most obvious things yeah. like it takes a while for them to cut the lights yeah and so when they do that, I'm like, holy shit, I forgot about darkness, <laughs> you know? Um, so they do a lot of great stuff that way. There's a lot of nice use of, and we've talked about this. I think we talked about it a lot in Halloween. The extra creepiness that you get that you wouldn't expect from a distance, from a further distance. Yeah. So we had that whole great discussion about it, like how you would think, you know, you naturally you would think somebody just popping up right in front of you would be the scariest thing. Yeah. But looking out your window and somebody is 25 yards away is almost creepier. Yeah. Really good use of that. Almost to the point of overuse in that. Like in this movie uses it a lot. Yeah. But it's, but but it's, it's something cool. like Halloween. Like that guy never, you know, the guy you see across the street, like there's literally a part in this where baby doll is just standing out there and they're both looking out the window talking about how she's just standing there and how weird this is. And they both like look at each other to talk to each other for five seconds. And then they turn back and she's gone. So I'm like, does, does she know the second they're not looking outside anymore and was okay. able to run away? Okay. Or if they had just kept watching, would they have just seen her be like, okay now and like just scamper away <laughs> i see what you yeah because because you're right you're right that scene because when they glance at each other it's very brief <laughs> yeah so it would have to be somebody that had like just like ninja like reflexes <laughs> right. and and just like uh kind of that sort of uh they would be like an expert killer like to know yeah what and, like, to look did for she know they were like did, did she know they were looking out the window? Because they were in a dark room, too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what we're getting at here is, you know, one of the most, you know, common terms used, the suspension of disbelief. So yeah. you're saying that you felt like... It's hard to do in this movie. A little bit, a little bit too... They ask yeah. a little too much of you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But thankfully, it's not a long movie. So it's not like yeah, they no. really stretch it out. But... And I mean, I will give them the benefit of the doubt because... And some credit, because, yeah, it takes a while to get there, and the atmosphere and tension that builds up to then, like, hey, we're here, like, that's really good uh, and yeah. very effective. But then, you know, it's like I said at the, at the beginning, you know, you tap on some glass, and then you're like, well, now what do I do? Unless you have this, what was the term you used? Oh, like a, yeah, the, uh, like a tele, like a uh, something telepathy. Yeah, yeah, some kind of yeah. Right. Yeah, if, unless you have just have this insane precognitive knowledge right. of every way they're going to react to something, then you can keep fucking with them. But so there's not a lot you can do then in the other 45 minutes of of the movie, right? Would, yeah, then you have to rely because there are like there are some parts. Like there's one part where Liv Tyler's outside and she's running, you know, to the shed or something, and she sees like the the bag guy just walking. Yeah, and it's like, and we know later like Scott Speedman's already been captured and stuff, but it almost seems like it's like did they lose track of Liv Tyler? Like there's no way they don't know where these two people are essentially at all times but there are a lot of times where it just seems like oh maybe that you know is she under you know is she able to get away 
I don't know. So, because she had, in that moment that you're talking about, she had gone out to the barn for the radio. Yeah. And then was able to get out of the barn. And so. And then I, she's still doing like, I, I know her like foot's injured. Yeah. But then she's still doing like an army crawl back to the house. Like, you know, one of the killers was in that. Like, she popped up next to you to break the radio. And now she's like, I'm just going to sneak sneak on the ground back into <laughs> yeah, the, the confines yeah. yeah no you make up a, a, a you make a good point because i did think about that even with her injury um the best thing like i i've said before where i had to meet with a a police officer to go over some uh security plans for the for our theater um the like the the order of things which is a run hide fight so that's what you do in a, in a live gunman or live shooter situation. So even if you can't per se run, you just start army crawling your ass out into the darkness of a field and nobody already already, like you're saying, nobody knows where you are. So just fucking army crawl your ass out into nowhere. Right. Like even if you get army crawl 300 yards away, there are chances of finding you there versus inside the house, (laughs) right? Which they already have free reign in. Like you, you make a good point. Um, yeah, it's a little, and the thing is, I don't know, maybe, maybe the psyche works different in that situation. Maybe she's thinking I have to get back to, yeah. yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I'm sure we all are not going to make rational decisions Sure. in a situation like this, but that also doesn't seem like a natural irrational decision. (laughs) There were some nice things though, that happened that I think, uh, sort of break the mold of of the things that people usually complain about when they're yelling at the screen of like, do this, do that. A, a lot of things that they do, aside from what we were just talking about, do make sense. I love the fact that she grabs the biggest fucking kitchen knife that she can get her hands on early in the movie. Yeah. Like, she's got a weapon in hand, and I even wrote that down. Like, thank God she's got a weapon. Um, but uh, the uh, when there there is... Um, you know, a couple twists and turns, not much. I do like how simple the movie is. Like, you, you know how this is. It, I, I hate um, like food props in shows. Like, I hate having to actually physically do a task. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll talk and I'll give you a nine minute monologue all day, and I'll drift around the stage <laughs> and I'll hit my spots and I'll, I'll do some like interesting movement. I'll do that all day long. But you tell me that I've got to like brew a pot of tea on stage for somebody <laughs> right. and i'm in a panic oh dude when i did little murders and we have like there's like a dinner scene i dreaded that part a because yeah doing tasks is hard and also the food sucked right oh yeah <laughs> that also makes it worse not good food like cold green beans that i would have to eat without <laughs> like vomiting right so here we have a movie that is basically like i don't know i don't want to overstate it 65% just like action. Like even and by action I don't even mean like fighting. Right. Like it's just as an actor you're having to process things without, you know, lines or verbalization or dialogue. Yeah. We have to see that you're processing it. You're doing the action, you have to maintain the tension. Um that's got it's kudos to that. Yeah. I mean it might not come across the same way as, you know, what most people look for in great acting, which is, you know, giving a great nine minute monologue or whatever that that's easy to say like, Oh, you, you sounded beautiful, but just having to be scared and not knowing what to do. There's no dialogue. There's nobody else in the scene with you. 
that is its own really special brand of acting. Yeah. And I, I think Liv Tyler does a great, they both do a fine job with it. Yeah. Um, speaking She's of, got the bulk load of it. Oh, though. yeah. Speaking of those two, this was something that I loved, loved about this movie was the very beginning. Uh, the relationship and yes. the fact that there's some problems there. Yeah. You mentioned that it wasn't just a happy couple who gets tortured. Exactly. Like they've got their own shit going on. Right. And I think that that's really intentional because number one, it, it, if it doesn't tell us more, it at least shows us more. And what I mean by that is if the intro to this was a couple, same exact movie, couple gets attacked in their house. But let's just say they're getting along great. They're married. They're getting along great. He's sitting in the living room watching TV. She's in her bedroom reading a book. That goes on for 15 minutes. I know nothing of these people. Like right. they, they seem perfectly happy, but I'm not I'm not getting any dynamic. I'm not getting any vibe. I'm not getting any feel, certainly for what their reaction is to each other. Yeah. Um, but because we get an introduction with a couple that ha- is having some problems, which is it's weird to think like how unique that is. Yeah. But it is. Um, and it's played very well. We're not told much of anything. It's like even a while before we realize that it's because she turned him down for a wedding proposal. Yeah. A marriage proposal. I mean, it even takes and a while to fresh. get there. Like that's also like they're it's not like also not like they have been in this like bad relationship and are kind of like on the outs. Like they're like really happy together at yeah. the wedding. And then he proposes and they're like, well, maybe we should break up. Like it's all like what yeah. a fucking night. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and I think it's played really well because when they get back to the house and there is this tension between the two of them, um, but yet you can still you can still tell that they very much care for each other. And yeah. that that becomes more evident as the scene goes on. But you know, we, we shit, we've all been there when when you are breaking up with somebody and you're in that fucking stifling ass room. Uh-huh. And you're like maybe you already have broken up or you just broke up and you've gotten over the yelling and the screaming and now you're just sort of like sorting shit out. And it's like you're saying words and they're just kind of like going out into this empty space. Like, um, you know, I so I'll still pick you up tomorrow and take you to work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just usual time or yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, right. You're just trying to fill space, but it's different. You yeah. know, it's, you're, you're still trying to communicate, but nothing's the same anymore. So that's the whole vibe that we get, but it's, it's really interesting to watch though. Yeah. And, um, and what I really love, and th- I thought about how complicated this is. We don't, dislike them this is a couple having conflict but they the actors do such a good job of not overdoing anything yeah that we don't we don't hate either one of them yeah for you this. don't there are no sides that you take yeah or like eh, maybe he kind of deserved it exactly but, yeah most movies would have said like oh um you cheated on me that one time so that's why i can't accept your proposal because right. i'm still not over it right or um, she just got out of a bad relationship and they've only been dating for, you know, eight months and she's just not ready yet. They, they would shoehorn all that bullshit in. We don't know any of that. Right. We don't know why she said no. We know that she she cares for him and loves him. We don't know why. I tried to even be like such a judge. I'm like, I'm like, what do I know about her? I know that she smokes. Yeah. I know that she drinks. 
And I'm like, you know, maybe she's just somebody that's like a nervous person that is like, you know, she's a smoker. So she has to fill this void in her life. You know, like maybe she's just hesitant or whatever, just because she's smoking. Like I'm just playing detective. <laughs> right. Like, my brain is forcing me to be like, there, ha there has to be a reason. They're going to tell us why <laughs> right. this couple isn't together, but they never do. And, and, and we don't really need to know. No. Because all they're saying, I think what <laughs> I think all the director was trying to do was to be like, this is just normal life. These are normal people. Right. You know, and then this horrible thing happens. They think they're going through something uncomfortable now. <laughs> right. Just wait. So I loved that. And I think it only makes it even more poignant in the end when they are both finally tied to the chairs facing certain death. And really great, great, great job by both of them because they go two different directions with it. Not to skip to the end, but just talking about how good the acting is. Liv is doing more of the like out wait, and out. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. She's doing that. She's pleading. Please don't trying to find some understanding. She's she's trying to still connect with James, you know, her, her boyfriend. Um, you know, he has gone almost catatonic. Yeah. This poor guy which we haven't mentioned yet, shot his best friend in the face and killed him earlier. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. But he's gone through that, and I think he just he just knows that they're going to die. Yeah. And rather than her, like, that strength of, I, I'm not going to give up, I'm going to plead, I'm going to plead to the last second, he's just more in in a haze. He's numb. He's just... He's probably, you know, he's he's been beaten, number one. Yeah, because he kind of gets captured, I guess, for lack of a better word, earlier, and then he disappears for and we don't really know what like happens 15 to minutes, him. yeah. Probably not anything good, you know. Yeah. Maybe he was knocked There's out. There's one of those instances where he's like, I'm going to shoot the pinup girl, but they had already planned earlier. They're like, when he's outside in the yard... You act like you don't know where he is, then blind him. And when you do that, I'll run up behind him. Yes. Right. <laughs> Again, the choreography. Yeah. The simpatico telepathy. There I think it that's is. what it yes. was. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So there, there, there is that. But we get that final scene. And it, and it is what I was talking about earlier. It is sad. It's very sad to watch these two. Yeah. And, and it's just like a, just a lane, like it's a very anticlimactic stab in the stomach. Right. And not only that, but I loved the fact that we get this this whole, you know, uh, just timeline of action that takes place like most horror movies do at night. And then for our final climax, it's a bright, beautiful morning. outside. <laughs> right, yeah, that was a real shocker. Like, I, I loved that. I thought that was really neat. So, yeah, they finally get like killed in the morning. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I thought that was. I thought this movie in a very subtle way was bucking a lot of trends and um, that, that we see in movies, especially ones like this. And uh, it just felt it felt fresh and in the moment yeah. all the time. It is a horrifying line. Like the scariest line is, you know, where she's like, why are you doing this? And the one girl's just like, because you were home. Yeah, <laughs> right. But then again, if you apply, you know, my cynicism to it, 
Like, it takes place at 4 a.m. So, A, did they know they were getting there at 4 a.m.? Did they just happen to cross a house at 4 a.m. where people were alive or awake, like, and active in it? Right. And, it's, and he even comments, like, I haven't heard, like, another dog or car. So, it's like they somehow have shut the area down around them yeah. in anticipation that this couple will be returning from this wedding at 4 a.m. Yeah, and I you're right. There's there's a lot of Again, I did uh, like this movie. <laughs> yeah. But you but I'm glad that you're making those points. And I mean, I think that I the the only question that I would ask is could they fix all of that with still maintaining the tension that they do have and like could they the problems that you're talking about can those be fixed without it pulling the curtain back too much on those killers uh that's a good question i don't know because it, it is important that they are strangers i mean that's kind of the whole cornerstone it's like i mean yeah maybe you could do a thing where like they know this couple and are targeted but that takes away the scariness of the random you are home yeah, yeah. Now there, there's one line that's bothering me and it's, I don't know if it's, I'm making a bigger deal out of it or not. I just thought it was a little interesting that they would even add it in as the three are driving away. Uh huh. One of them says it'll be easier next time. Yeah. So the, the, that okay, stuck so, out to me too. Cause I was like, didn't seem like you struggled with this no, yeah. at all. Everybody seemed pretty fine with it. <laughs> right. And what that made me think is okay so we don't have to go too maybe it's far their first time killing maybe or like the one because yeah they they stop these two worming kids or whatever these two kids passing out religious pamphlets and the baby doll one the blonde is like can i have one of those so maybe the maybe this is like their first time doing it and if it is kudos you guys pulled it off a plus um but maybe the It'll be easier next time. Like maybe she is feeling a little guilt, yeah, about what she's done, and it'll be like next time the ne- they get easier as we go along. Maybe the other two are a little more seasoned. I haven't seen any, the sequel. There's a second one. They're working on a third, and then with plans to do two more yes, after yes, that. Yes, literally. Okay, the fucking Avatar, the new Avatar. I, <laughs> I think that you. I think you just figured it out because they. One of the biggest things that they changed in the movie was that in this movie, the original ending was that we were going to see the killer's faces. Okay. And then they decided not to do that. And I think you go, one of them's a model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah, literally a model. And so I think maybe they said maybe somewhere along the way, once they realized that they had a pretty good product and that there was potential for sequels, Maybe it was let's um, let's not show their faces. We want to keep that mystery going. Yeah, and then the it'll be easier next time is sort of their like little wink, wink. Like there's going to be a sequel, right? Maybe that's what that line is. Just it's just like baiting. Oh yeah, the audience for sure. Yeah, for a sequel. Totally, you could read it in that. Could could sure. be that. Um, I will say though, I did like the the um the book ending of those mormon kids or or whatever they were cuz the movie starts out with 
a 911. Well, it actually starts out with a good old fashioned voiceover. Oh, yeah. Much that in the vein a of cheesy. I yeah. Did, a little, I forgot that was in it. And I'm like, this is unnecessary setup. That chainsaw nailed it. The first 74 right. chainsaw nailed that. Yeah, at least get John Larroquette to do right. your yeah, voiceover. Exactly. Yeah, you should do all of them. <laughs> um, but uh, so there's that. And then it goes into the 911 call. I, I really neat choice there because you the the young boy's voice is so high that you think that it's probably like even if you've just seen the dvd cover you're like oh this is probably the 911 call of the girl of Liv tyler or whatever right. but then when he says his name is jordan and you're like huh and but it's it's really chilling though like he's he's obviously very very freaked out and yeah. that's how the movie opens i did not like that kid's voiceover performance though you didn't no that there are bodies everywhere i uh, yeah. see bodies uh, yeah maybe maybe Not the right. delivery of the, the lines were good yeah they're like but um but i i like that it opened with that I want more then, out of my child actors all right yes i just yes. watched doctor sleep again and uh jacob trembley is in that and i'm like oh if only all child actors could be jacob trembley i really need to watch that movie again i i yeah i, I really do i i think i f- i almost fell asleep in the middle I mean, it's it's one that had like people love it, or it's definitely gaining traction. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, like because I've just heard a lot of po- people with positive opinions on that movie, so I did go back and watch it. I didn't dislike it the first time I watched it, but I think there is something about how close The Shining is for me, at least as a part of like. My love of film, my, you know, my interest in horror like that movie is a bedrock. So to have like this weird pseudo sequel to it, it's still hard for me to just accept that that's what's happening, you know? Uh, and I do think Ewan McGregor doing an American accent is weird. Yeah. I don't think he does a good one. No. But I. But it's still a good move. Like, it's good. The performances are good. I know. I loved it when it got back to the Overlook at the end. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's when I was, I was really. Like, oh, yeah. we didn't need to do this. <laughs> oh, I loved that. Um, and I even, uh, although I was. A I, point to that, but I don't remember now. <laughs> well, um, yeah, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, oh, the child actors. Yeah. Jacob right. Trembley. Yes. Which I, so you did see it. Spoilers for Dr. Sleep, but I just think this is hilarious because he gets fucking murdered and it's rough. Yeah. Like it is a rough scene. And I guess cause he's, this kid is a consummate professional. <laughs> I get like, I guess they filmed that scene and everyone on set was just like, whoa like silence and he just is like okay cool like pops up and heads over gets a sandwich for the craft day you know he's just like nom 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 like didn't face him at all and everyone else is just like are we doing the right thing here like this is awful wow yeah well good yeah like any any child in a movie that you don't want to see die like i guess that's that's great that's you know he must have done a good job yeah um I know you could have been okay with those Mormon kids getting it in the end. There, uh, so well, like, you know, yeah, yeah, they get a little jump scare. If they can scream like Jacob Tremblay does, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I I thought. That oh yeah, this, the jump scare at the end. Also yeah, a little unnecessary. Yeah, and I no I, one uh, recovers from a stomach stab wound by jumping up and screaming. Good point. Yeah, using those abdominal muscles. <laughs> right, yeah. To like, do a like a yeah just a crunch forward i i think uh i'm glad that you said that too because 
if you're going to go to the effort to make the movie as bleak as it is, why don't you just have the courage of your convictions and have them both die? Right. And that's actually what I thought going into this movie, knowing the very little that I did about it. I did think that they both died. Yeah. And that's, I that's did what until that very end it. and I'd already seen it. Yeah. They should have, they should have had yeah. her dead. They should have had her. So dead. So she in the sequel. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I kind of hope not. I kind of hope she does die. And that was just her last, like, oh. yeah. Yeah. Um, and the strain it, on her abdomen from screaming killed her. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's, you know what though? It's, it's a great movie. It's a great watch. I think it, I think it fills the void that I always blank on when people say like, Hey, like you look, you're this horror movie guy, whatever. Like what's a good, scary movie uh, with like, without a ton of like blood and guts. And yeah. I can never think of one when the people ask that. Well, I, now you know to say hide and go shriek. Well, yes, that's yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you ask for a cross-dressing guy slipping on head blood and falling into a <laughs> elevator shaft? Yes. I know exactly the movie for you. Um, but yeah, no, this is a good, good, this is a good old fashioned like tension fest. Yeah. Oh, we should get back to Glenn Howerton though. We don't want to skip over him. Yes. Cause yeah, that is a scene that feels a little forced because we need something. Mm-hmm. They can't just be like hiding in a room. Uh, a lot of like everything plays out just perfectly. Like, but the way it's set up, cause yeah, they finally have a gun. And they're just hiding in a room like that. That's a natural progression of what you get to. Sure. Like I'm going to bunker down. Yeah. The only entrance in here, I've got a gun trained on it. Just so happens at that second, like they know to put the record on super loud. Yeah. Uh, so then their friend shows up who like, again, this takes place at four in the morning and he like calls his friend to be like, things didn't go great. I need you to pick me up in the morning. Like, especially if someone gives you that out, no one is like, well, I mean, it is 445. Maybe I'll just go get him now. No, you'd be like, yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you in the morning. You know, unless he, unless he's related to that one, like neighborhood caretaker from it's alive where they drop off the kid at like three 30 in the morning. And he's like, let's go make some French toast. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. It's a couple early risers here. Um, yeah, but but I'm with you though because as he's okay, I will for a second suspend disbelief because as Mike who has been called to go to the house and inexplicably goes there like immediately, like you're saying, he does see some signs of some foul play as he's going into the house. So I get that yeah. that he would be uh on edge. But wouldn't you still be calling out yes. for your friends? Yes, but You'd he's st- walking through like a ninja more silently than the strangers. Right. Are. Right. Which still you have one by, like walking behind him. Yes. So I, and I think I, I think that that brings me back to what, what you were saying when you were first telling me about your problems with this movie is that even in scenes like that, that somebody is like, I think the way that you described it to me was that you felt that the director was doing too many things just for the audience yeah. that didn't play into a realism of that scene. Yeah. Which okay. there are only a, a couple instances yeah. of that in this movie. Right. I take that back when applying it to this movie. Okay. It definitely applies to that Hush movie. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, no. So you're right. I mean, there is a little bit of, 
you know, why, why wouldn't he yell their names? Like it's, you know, it's strange, but I do love the balls of the movie to be like, we're going to shoot the best friend. Like he doesn't even get like a nice five minute scene where he's helping no. them. And then he dies just half, like, a quarter of his face blown. Yeah. Off. But the characters reacted how they would. They're just like, we're here with these guys. The first thing I see is definitely a bad guy. Yeah. I don't, no matter what it is. Yeah. My drunk buddy for that just was at the same wedding reception that I was, is not going to fucking get here now. <laughs> right. But he did. He did. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of awesome. And, and yet and it's just crazy. It's Glenn Howerton from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like it's, and you even said to me, you were like, how do I know that guy? And the first time I saw this movie, I was like, how, who is that guy? I was right. like, oh my God, of course. But like seeing him in such a weird context, just it just doesn't look like him, well, but it the, looks exactly like him. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's like um, like I've said before, like when the they say when the the first natives saw the ships or didn't see when the ships were coming to the shore of the first you know white settlers that literally they couldn't even they couldn't see it like their <laughs> brain couldn't couldn't process right that thing coming at their their beaches. So yeah, like it's it's just weird. I just I knew that I knew the guy. Yeah. And I knew that I kind of liked the choice because I liked that he seems sort of familiar. I guess a lot of people watch that show and they would know him instantly. Yeah. But um, but either way, again, I think that what we're getting at with this movie is that's yet another form of tension. Like this guy just killed his best friend even before any of the killing starts when it's just relationship stuff. That is its own brand of tension. Yeah, there's there's tension from beginning to end, although it somehow manages to do that and still be kind of a slow burn. Yeah. But by the way, I don't want to say, I know we say that term a lot. There was like four episodes where I think every other word out of our mouth was slow burn, <laughs> but um, I don't want to over slow burn this one uh -huh. because while it is that it's, it's never boring. No. A lot of that having to do with Liv Tyler's screen presence or or even Scott Speedman. I don't want to sell him short either. I mean, like, even in these moments where you're just sort of watching a uh, relationship collapse, it's still really watchable because of that tension. Yeah. Um, there is also a party goes out to the car and the car has been absolutely like, oh, yeah, smashed to fuck. And I'm like, they didn't hear that. I can't hear that at all. Like in college, uh, my friend's house, like the guys next door to them, bought an old shit car and just spent the day beating the fuck out of it. <laughs> and you could definitely hear that. But like this, they smashed out every window. The windshield, like the windshield is meant to not break. So you yes. got to really smash the fuck oh, out yeah, of it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, so they did everything to this car and he comes out and is like, what? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, anyway, that's my last complaint about any kind of uh, logic that happens well let me let me tell you this and this isn't a slam on anybody else and it isn't saying that you're being overcritical i will say that i think most people most people that stuff probably won't even register with right them. yeah and it's not to say that you're wrong for pointing it out because you no were right. i wish i was one of those people like who could just <laughs> be like wow right exactly crazy. and i i think that probably most wouldn't you're not wrong for pointing it out because the points that you're making are correct no. absolutely like they're that's absolutely <laughs> right um but i yeah i think most people wouldn't notice that um and i think uh i don't know i 
I like the randomness of this. I, I am really, really interested to see that sequel. Because yeah, I, I kind of want to see it. Next I think, year. and it's got a one of um. Oh God, what's the guy's name? The actor that I really like in it. Uh, oh God, he's not overly well known. Um, I won't be able to think of him. Uh, but he's I'll look it up. He's in uh, the Red Road with uh, which was a TV series with Jason Momoa. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, everyone knows that one. Oh, it's oh God, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, Dude, Jason Momoa has been in so many shows that I know. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, it's on this Apple. Show called. I think he C? just like does a yeah. He just does a lot of favors for people. Oh, Martin Henderson. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, but I'm it's a really good actor. Well, it's awesome. Worked. Um, he's in it. I've seen the last ten minutes of the sequel, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's kind of whole. oh yeah, Martin Henderson. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's great. He's in the second one. I've seen the last ten minutes. It's fucking crazy and awesome. Ooh, Christina Hendricks is in it. Who's that? Uh, she was in Mad Men. She has red oh, hair yeah, and yeah, giant yeah. breasts. I, yes, like, yeah. I have heard of her. Yeah. yeah. We should see that. I'll watch. Do we do? Well, here's a question. Maybe our audience would know this. Have we? Oh, no. I just answered it. Have we ever done a movie where we've done two in the franchise? Uh, and the answer is well, yes. Yeah, Halloween. We've done a few of those. We did Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Oh God, did you hear? I just said it. That was totally subconscious. Did you? Did you say Halloween? Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Um, and there is. Uh, I'm sorry, we, I meant Halloween. <laughs> Inside jokes. We did Friday four and six. Yeah. We did Nightmare one and two. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we can do a Chainsaw one and two miniseries. Yeah, because we still have to do Nightmare three. Yes, we do. Uh, we could do this one. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no. I mean, yeah, I don't know if the second one would be worth just covering. Sorry, man, I got Thanksgiving gas. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to hold it in. <laughs> well, we've got a nice big table I'm here. Like, I've got a good you're distance deaf. from it. Yeah, yeah. He can't smell my farts. He's deaf. No, but yeah. unfortunately, you could see my face as I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to push him out. Right, that's the sexiest uh. part. Um, but. Uh, just the I've been pain. trying to hide it as the, like reactions to things you're saying. Like, what's he talking about? But you I'm just could, like, you could just blast it on the mic, dude. You're wasting <laughs> these opportunities. Um, That's for a Patreon episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> for our hundred dollar Patreon. Experience our body functions. We got a couple fart fetish yeah. fans. <laughs> so uh, let me say this as as we kind of sum this up. We're we're are we good for time? Yeah, we have okay. So here's the thing. Uh, shame on me for judging this movie for being, you know, beneath me because it was made uh, in the, the 2000s, let alone the mid 2000s. Um, if anybody knows, because I again, I'll, I'll admit my ignorance here. I don't know a ton about that. Those aughts, those mid 2000s or even early 10s yeah. horror movies. So if there really is a good one hiding in that mix of just kind of like slick trash formulaic stuff that I, I try to avoid, if there is a really good one in there, uh, I'd be interested to hear about it. I, I mean, mean, we all I know- can't imagine that these sequels don't start leaning more into the shit I didn't like in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's like, it's going to be point. hard. Like I've got five movies planned. That's all atmosphere. 
Right. Or, <laughs> right, exactly. No, you make a good point because- No, it's, it's more like, oh, you know what would be cool if uh, they like- Put a thumbtack on the doorbell, and that's Home Alone, but still, whatever. Well, they did say it was going to be easier next time, so maybe they they get better every single time. You think they're good now. Um, The fifth movie is like 10 minutes long. They just ring the doorbell, and they answer. They just shoot him in the head. No, no, yeah, yeah, literally. Like, they don't even kill anybody. They just get there, and they start going, I'm going to do this, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then they're like, okay, we're done. Let's just leave. Don't even kill anybody. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. I see it all play out. We don't need to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's all like the end of like the usual suspects where it's like them just like super like intense zoom ins on like exactly what happens, even though none of it happens. Right. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's that's the fourth one, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see the second one. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, this was a real fun, enjoyable. It always makes me feel a little bit more connected to the audience to actually see something made after the mid '80s. So um, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. It was a, a really fun watch for me. Yeah, and I, I even watched it. it. I watched it on a computer at my work office with nobody there, which actually I highly recommend that not my office. Yeah, necessarily, but, you in. <laughs> right. I do have the keys, but, um, <laughs> but no, like it's a good old creeper, like turn off the lights, just you like get, scare yourself a little bit. Yeah. It's fun for that. You do. You do recommend it. I do. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah, there we go. I would like, just one part where after they like kill the two, like one of them goes and like opens another curtain and it's just like says, I'm going to get you. And they're like, they never saw this one. Like they never got, they never opened this window. Right. I was kind of proud of this one, but whatever. Right. right. Fine. Like the Christmas present that you hit a little bit too well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you never put under the tree. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, oh that's great. Fuck up this whole elaborate thing on the swing set. They never went out to it one time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. Like, yeah, like uh, one of them just disappears for a while and then it has like a whole like animatronic thing going on, like at some evil carnival. And then they're dead and they're like, guys, look, I look. Didn't rent this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had to put out a $250 deposit on this. Uh, not refundable. it into the truck now. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Now I'm complaining about things that aren't in the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't cough too much during this episode. Cough or fart too much during <laughs> yeah, this episode. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> farted more than I coughed. Uh, you just heard the coughs. Uh, so that was A Stranger from 2008. Join us next week. I'm kind of excited about this. We're starting a new miniseries. It's December. A, uh, next week is our three-year anniversary but we're not really doing anything special for it just kind of cool but we're starting a new miniseries that kind of grew out of the live show we were talking about master of horror sam raimi and how he wrote the hudsucker proxy <laughs> one of my favorite uh uh coen brothers films that no one has seen but in that, that movie is about the invention of the hula hoop and there's a great bit in it where because if you look at a like schematic drawing of a product or like an engineer drawing it's usually like the the front of it and then like the diagram of the side of it so if it's a hula hoop all he's showing people he's like i got this great idea and he like shows them and it's a single line and then like a circle (laughs) and then people look at it and he's just like you know for kids (laughs) which i think is a great line (laughs) 
So that kind of, I kept thinking about that line, and I was like, oh, we haven't really done, we've done comedy horror before, but never really like kid horror yet. Yeah. So, yeah, our new miniseries is called, you know, For Kids, and it's going to be like children horror movies, and we're going to start it off with 1983's Something Wicked This Way Comes, oh, God, which to yes. me, I'm like, that's for fucking adults. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. it scared the fuck out of me as oh, a kid. Oh, yes. That will damage you for some time yeah. as a child. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was more, it's more, these are movies marketed towards younger audiences. Yes. Not to say older audiences can't enjoy them, but we'll be... We've got we've got a couple in there that are highly anticipated, and uh, one I think I'm just like, what a great opportunity to be able to do this uh, certain movie. But we're going to start it off with something wicked. This way comes a Disney movie with a young Jonathan Price. I did just rewatch the trailer today. I was like, holy shit, yeah, dude! Like the super young, a young super th- Jonathan Price and an old Jason Robards. Yeah, who is always old, and the guy who is in uh, he's in Killer Clowns, and he was just in something more recently. We did. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, the yeah. Old, the, the yeah, old the, guy. yeah, with the um from uh yes the farmer bl- blood farmer the sausage farmer yes yeah the um, yes motel hell motel hell yeah i feel like he was also in an, like we've done a lot of movies where that and, guy was in yes. something more recently no right because it was killer clowns it was that and then it was um oh, God, was it the please. dark half uh yes yeah 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 yes the dark half wow yeah. yeah i think we should learn that guy's name <laughs> right yeah whoever he is yeah I don't even have like a fun name like Cuddy Sark to call him, but like, yeah, <laughs> but we'll think of something. Um, um, yeah, no, I'm super excited for that. I remember that that first lead off movie, Something Wicked This Way Comes, uh, especially it being I, I watched it. It was on HBO a lot and I loved it and it was terrifying as a kid. I have not seen that. And I'm going to say this with 100 percent confidence. I don't even think I saw that when I got into like my teens. Yeah. Like no. the last time I've seen this was when I was a kid. The last time I saw that. Movie. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Like just watching the trailer was a lot of like, Oh, right. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So that'll be a fun mini series. That'll lead us uh, through Christmas and the new year. And then we'll uh, see what 2023 has to offer for the old podcast. I got Spoiler some alert. ideas. I'm ending it, Tim. No. I've got some ideas. <laughs> Good. I can't wait. Yeah. Finally, tired of <laughs> strapping this thing on my back. <laughs> no, that's a joke. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, slumberpodcastgmail.com. Check out our YouTube page. I'm going to start putting all the old uh, episodes, just a static picture and episodes on the YouTube page. Apparently, that helps with engagement. So, that should be easy for my lazy ass to do. Maybe we'll even have something with like actual video motion on those. Let's not get too carried away, but yeah, that'd be that's a that's a twenty twenty three goal. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking yeah. about it. Okay, you know, three more patrons. Maybe I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So check out uh, all the other extra shit. Uh, patrons, huge thanks to our patrons. You help make this show possible. We couldn't do without you. Uh, next week, uh, you know, for kids, our new mini series. But Tim. Do you have anything else to say about the strangers? I do have something to say about this particular episode, and that is that I did not 
go to the bathroom once. I noticed that. And I have a theory that maybe the more body functions you do, the less that I do. Well, I'll try and eat a giant Thanksgiving meal before every recording. Yeah. Or maybe you'll just really like something wicked this way comes so much that something else will come out of you, you know? <laughs> Just be that the most enthusiastic recommend you've ever given. Well, I mean, young Jonathan Bryce, though. (laughs) Was he in Brazil after that? I think so. I think so. Yeah, that would have been after that. Not long, but but yeah, like 85. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe that was 84, 85. 85. Yeah. This was like probably. Oh, I think something we can shoehorn Brazil in. River Phoenix's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. Smart guy. And not and not whatever happened to him. <laughs> he hasn't done you much, don't hear much from him anymore. Yeah. Ghosted us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Must weird. be jealous of his brother. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Tim. He's dead. Bye. Bye. Bye.